Welcome to CCAEJ's Let's Clear the Air, a movement-based radio program for the active community member and concerned resident. with the Center for Community Action and Environmental Justice. Um, today we are on another episode of Let's Clear the Air with CCAJ. We will be discussing a little bit about what COVID-19 looks like in the inland region um, on this episode, right? And it's very valid to feel nervous or scared during these times as there are 1,500 cases in the IE alone, right? So today we will have a special guest joining us. His name is Dr. David Lowe. Um, he is an expert in environmental science and he's also the Dean of Biomedical Sciences at UC Riverside. So with that, I'll go ahead and pass it over to Dr. David Lowe and have him explain a little bit about himself. Welcome and thank you so much for being our special guest today. Well, thanks for having me uh, join you. Um, yeah, so I'm a professor in biomedical sciences. I'm also the senior associate dean for research in the School of Medicine. Um, I'm also the um, co-director uh, with Juliet McMullen of the Center for Health Disparities Research at the, uh, at the University of California, Riverside. It's an NIH-funded center where we're um, doing some, some training of investigators in health disparities and community engagement, as well as uh, sponsoring a number of research projects, especially in uh, Coachella Valley on some of the important issues, uh, health-related uh, issues and health disparities. Would you mind explaining a little bit about what this crisis looks like and um, how this specifically impacts us in the IE as we do have high levels of pollution and trucks, thousands of trucks passing um, through our neighborhoods daily. Um, do you have anything that, you know, any extra precautions that we should be taking or safety measures that, you know, are specific and direct to us? Well, this whole um, episode with the uh, coronavirus pandemic is really going to change things Forever, I don't think it's going to be a situation where we're just going to go back to normal. A lot of things are just going to be dramatically different in the way we live and how we communicate. And, yeah. and so that's definitely going to be um, going to have some long lasting effects. And I think it's not it's okay. going to be important, not just because of this particular um, pandemic, but it's going to be. Um, something that's important in, in terms of other potential for disease spread and, and so on. The other thing that this does also, it really, I mean, not, in, not necessarily in a good way, it really highlights the real problems we have in uh, inland California in terms of the existing health disparities, mm -hmm. the existing uh, problems that communities uh, have had. And here, you know, it's not just um, quality of life and and some aspects of health outcomes, but these are really life and death impacts now, where right. the these disparities are just really predispose people to outcomes, especially because of the prevalence of the and spread of the coronavirus. Right. Um, so, you know, thank you for that. I think it's a good um, like way or um, to another question that we have, right? We're hearing a lot of communities in different parts of the country are being disproportionately impacted, such as the immigrant community, um, for instance, in Queens, New York, or um, the black community in Chicago, Illinois. Um, you know, is that happening in the IE? And if so, what can we do about that? Well, th there's been um, evidence that uh, a number of the 
underserved populations, you know, the Latino, Hispanic, and um, African-American populations are having more outcomes. And that um, appears, there's some evidence for that across the country, so it's not limited to the Inland Empire. Um, now, in California, I heard this morning that um, California may not be seeing much of that impact, but definitely it is um, a relative health uh, effect simply because the underserved communities already have high prevalence of some of the predisposed or comorbidity factors. So that would include things like um, hypertension, diabetes, um, pulmonary diseases, especially mm -hmm. asthma, COPD, uh, all of these kinds of conditions that are going to predispose people to have worse outcomes if they are um, infected by the coronavirus. And so just those kinds of health disparities. Um, oh, another one I forgot to mention. So for example, obesity is also tied not just to higher incidence of asthma, but also to worse outcomes. And that's something that people have been looking at, um, again, across the country. And in the communities that we have, um, that is going to be an issue because we, again, we have high prevalence of a lot of these comorbidity types of things. The other issue that people are also looking at is whether or not um, different um, groups have some genetic um, aspects. And I think there are, people are interested in the question of whether or not, depending mm -hmm. on your ethnicity, background, that sort of thing, that you may have some other genetic factors that could also mm -hmm. affect outcomes. But I think the major thing in terms of the, um, um, especially in terms of these health disparities issues is a lot of this thing where communities have, say, not just poorer access to care, um, mm -hmm. but also a lot of prevalence of these kinds of conditions, as I mentioned, you know, like, like I said, um, cardiovascular disease, diabetes, obesity, asthma, right. those kinds of things that have really high incidence, you know. Mm -hmm. One of the, uh, so in the center, the Health Disparities Research Center, we actually have two um, projects in ongoing in Eastern Coachella Valley. Mm -hmm. One is on um, trying to address the question of obesity in low-income families, and, and that's certainly uh, a risk factor. And then the other project, which I'm actually um, really, uh, leading here is incidence of asthma in the uh, right. valley and that's right. also really important uh you mentioned the the concern about pollution and the uh mm. especially in communities near the freeways and mm -hmm. uh right. the truck exhaust and things like that and that you know that is that has um been known for some time that there's uh, increased risk for things like uh, pulmonary disease as well as some cardiovascular risk, but we're also interested in the question that, for example, the high incidence of asthma in Eastern Conchella Valley seems to be associated with just being near the Salton Sea. So there may be environmental uh, issues there in terms of environmental exposures that are also risk factors. Right, of course. I do think, right, um, we do believe that there, uh, environmental justice looks different throughout the state and throughout the country in different parts of the, right, of the state and the country. Um, you know, and, and thank you for talking a little bit about how that impacts us. 
uh, right? Me being Hispanic um, and right, my community and, uh, and black, the black community as well. Um, so we want to talk about a little bit, right? Um, as this does impact communities of color the most, um, you know, what are some of the things that folks should be doing or safety measures that, that folks should be taking as it is a privilege to stay home and a lot of the, our families can't afford to stay home during these times, right, as they are essential workers. Um, so what are the safety precautions that workers should be taking right now, um, right, as they do have to go to work, um, as they are serving the community in this moment of crisis? Yeah, I mean, you're, you're highlighting something that I think is not fully appreciated, that it's not just whether or not in terms of being underserved as communities in terms of health care access and things mm -hmm. like that, is that the disparities in income and employment really mean that um, in periods like this, it's the people who basically have to go to work. They don't have the privilege to be able to basically, you know, right. shelter at home and so mm -hmm. on. And so that is that is a real issue. So it's not just any intrinsic disparities, but it's the fact that you also have to go out there and do your your work, whether it's, you know, deliveries or um, yeah. and any of those kinds of service industry type uh, um, roles. That is, um, again, where I think, uh, as I started off in the beginning, saying that um, the way we live, the way we work is going to be mm -hmm. changed forever. And mm -hmm. this is something that especially has to be addressed in these kinds of service roles that people people have. And the usual um, kind of warnings in terms of, of, you know, social, I don't know, spacing, I don't know what, how, what, what <laughs> we'll probably settle on a, on a term that will be um, less um, scary, but um, mm -hmm. just being able to work under conditions where the workers are going to be safe. And right. so how do you, you know, how do you do the work? And, you know, in the future too, how do you do social uh, engagement, you know, interactions and things like mm -hmm. that? So, uh, you know, we can look to things like healthcare workers. What are those things they have to do? It may not be where you're going to be fully gowned up and, you know, have the whole um, mask and protective sorts of things, but um, you can imagine that we may enter into a period where, hand washing is going to be just an we want that to be sort of an automatic behavior it's like no matter where you go there's going to be a place where you're going to be washing your hands right. um anytime you're going to be out when there's going to be multiple people groups you know whether it's a supermarket or whatever it may be you'll have a mask you know and it's mm -hmm. not going to have to be like the really expensive kind of mask it's just going to be um the you know the economy is probably going to get to the point where that's going to be a common feature no matter where you go there's going to be masks mm -hmm. and the um, ways in which people interact I mean we will probably you know in in other cultures when interactions really like say in in Japan for example where interactions are mainly um, begun and end by bowing to each other we may be entering a period where that's going to be the usual thing and not shaking hands you know mm -hmm. um, those are kinds of things that will you know at some point will become routine and automatic and I think that's going to be important and part of the way we lead on that is again people who are in these service roles and so on is 
that's where people engage. That's where, that's where people interact. And as you kind of get used to the idea that you will either, you know, do some kind of, um, you know, maybe not peace, which was like, you know, decades old, but um, those kinds of ways in which people can interact still maintain personal connections, but now do it in the context of being safe. Um, so with that, right, you, you touched on a lot of important points and you actually touched a little bit on some myth busters, right? Um, there is a lot of um, misinformation out there. Um, you know, we wanted to ask you, um, should we be cleaning our packages when they arrive? Um, you know, should we be wearing masks out in the grocery stores? Um, and also, should we be covering our face? Those are some of the myth busters that we would like to ask you about. Well, let me start with the masks. I think one of the oh. things is... Um, you know, if you go to some of the Asian countries, it was, uh, you know, it's funny, I think a lot of that was mainly fashion, you know, like in, uh, mm. in some of the Asian countries where wearing these masks were, were common. Um, now it's more of a safety thing where it's not just wearing masks and, you know, there will be, there will, I'm sure there's going to be a market for all kinds of really nicely crafted and well-designed masks, but mm. also it's how you wear them to actually provide protection. You know, it should cover your nose. You shouldn't wear it too loosely. Um, the, so those are things that will just become part of the, I expect will become part of the culture. The right. other issues are really, um, I think, um, uh, for example, you, sh you don't need to, you know, pull out your uh, Windex and spray all your vegetables, right? I mean, there, there are certain things where at least the evidence suggests that, um, food, um, things like that, um, as long as you do your usual washing of your vegetables with rinsing with water or whatever it is, you don't have to go to extraordinary measures and worry about transmission of disease. Packages, you know, preliminary studies suggest that the virus doesn't persist very long on the surfaces of things like packages and so on. So again, you know, people might want to be safe and, and, you know, try kind of spray down some things, but really, um, we, there are people who are actively studying this question, you know, how long does a virus right. persist? What are the best decontamination measures? Uh, these are the kinds of things that are actively being studied, um, especially in hospitals and in, and research labs, because, you know, you know, coming from school of medicine where we're doing research, we are especially, um, quite uh, e eager to know the answer to those kinds of right. questions. And, as we discover answers to those, then that can be sent out to people who say, don't worry about this, don't worry about that. Right. You know, this is a standard practice. Mm -hmm. um, just to give you a context, like we do research in the lab on infectious agents, whether it's bacteria, viruses, and so on, mm -hmm. all the time. So we do have a, a long history and a long, you know, a culture of how to not cross-contaminate things, right? Mm -hmm. So we do have some experience in saying, you know, you... You carry your hands this way, you wear gloves, you take your gloves off in a certain way, mm -hmm. um, you handle things in certain practice. So now there's mm -hmm. a little bit more urgency in saying, let's make this part of usual everyday behavior. What are those things that we would normally do in a lab? What are the things that we would pay attention to mm -hmm. that now becomes part of our usual everyday behavior? And some of the data is still in the works, you know, still being uh, studied. And so as we get more experience, that information will get out there. So it doesn't hurt to be cautious, but I think it's also 
uh, something to, to know that, you know, people are looking at this and it's not a thing where you can't move an inch because you're just so paralyzed with fear. Right. Um, yeah, I think those are some really interesting points to bring out. And of course, um, right, we were, I feel for me personally too, I've been nervous about that stuff and whether we should be clean our packages, but that's really useful information in terms of that. I think it does lower, um, the nervous factor and the fear factor and all of this. Um, and I would like to thank you so much for being on our show today and for sharing your expertise and taking the time to do so. Um, is there anything else that you would like to share with our members before you leave? Um, I think the usual things, you know, again, you know, we are especially concerned with things like um, health disparities. So, you know, eat healthy, um, stay healthy. Those are the, those are the usual things. Um, and I think, as I said, this has highlighted the issues with health disparities that we really wanted to address. And it may give us more of a, a drive going through, you know, in interacting with government agencies, health uh, care networks and things like that to say, look, you know, it's been really clarified to us as much as possible that we really need to address these health disparities. And hopefully this will lead to some, you know, more action. Right. Thank you so much. Once again, um, we were really excited to have you here and um, I can't thank you enough. I hope you have a great day. Thank you so much for sharing this useful information with our community members. Bye, David Lowe. Thanks for inviting me. Dr. David Lowe, excuse me. <laughs> thank you so much for all, your, all the work that you're doing. Yeah, thanks.